I'm Kat Harris. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm an educator, brand strategist, and content creator. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful dialogue. It's a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where the journey is the destination. So I invite you to leave your Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is messy and beautifully imperfect. We all have a story to tell, and I want to hear yours. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. Today, I have Boss Lady Emily Sexton with me. What's up, Emily? How's it going, Kat? That's going really good. Um, Just, you know, living the dream here in Brooklyn, (laughs) how's North Carolina? Um, It's beautiful and pouring down rain and cold here, and I'm just ready for spring. It came a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago, then it broke up with us, and so I just... I'm welcoming it back with open arms at any day now, hopefully. <laughs> come on, just come back. Just be nice to us. <laughs> Maybe I'll regret doing this, but I can't not say North Carolina. Come on, raise up. Take your shirt up. Twist it around your head like a helicopter. No worries, girl. I got you. I think when we first met in person, that is what we connected over was a Penny yeah. Pablo moment. And you were the only person in a room of 25 women <laughs> to back me up on that song. So (laughs) thanks for that. It's like a, what are they called? Like brain worms or whatever they are. Like when I hear the word North Carolina, (laughs) I can't not say, come on, raise up. (laughs) You're our North Carolina hype girl. We need that. I love it. Yeah. So PD Pablo's legacy lives on forever. (laughs) Um, So before we get started, I'm just going to share with um, our tribe a little bit about who you are because you are freaking powerhouse. So here we go. Emily Sexton has a past career on Wall Street as a vice president of communications and change management. She brings her win them over know-how, delightful enthusiasm, and everyday wit to encourage American consumers to use their purchasing power for good, which I love that. And I love that you did that on Wall Street. Um, (laughs) From Wall Street to the streets with no name, you can now find Emily traveling in developing nations to find gorgeous new goods for her downtown Raleigh, North Carolina (laughs) (laughs) boutique and online shop, The Flourish Market, which I cannot, I cannot wait to visit. Um, She is an overly obsessed dog mom, an unlikely CrossFitter, which I want to hear about, and monthly (laughs) contributor to the Huffington Post and an avid believer that every woman is worthy of influence. Mic drop. The interview is over. (laughs) Um, wow, Emily, what a freaking resume, first of all. But I just want to hear from you. Tell me a little bit about your life and Wall Street to the Flourish Market in North Carolina. Give us a picture of your life and what you're up to. Sure. Okay. Just to counter the official bio, who <laughs> I really am. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, Kat, I showed up to a meeting with only one eyebrow penciled on accidentally. And I really do think that's a metaphor for my life. Um, mm-hmm. I show up, <laughs> but normally a wee bit disheveled. And over the past few years, I have learned that that's A-OK. And that's just who I am. So I am from a small town in North Carolina. I originally went to college on a full dance scholarship with um, the one dream of being Britney Spears' backup dancer. Thank the Lord, literally. That's a great dream, by the way. (laughs) I had all my eggs in that one basket. Uh, uh, A couple months into college, I actually got hurt. 
it was such a gift actually. Um, you know, they told me I'd never dance again. And I was like, what do I do? And so I ended up just going into the biggest major at my college and that was business. Ended up majoring in business with a concentration in marketing and sales and really found my sweet spot. Fell into a job with a Swiss investment bank straight out of school as a recruiter, which if the transition from Britney Spears backup dancer to um, working for an investment bank sounds strange, <laughs> it, it is, I promise. But uh, I really found my flow there and worked there for seven years. I lived in London. I worked in Singapore and Switzerland and Poland and all over the world and um, just love working cross-culturally and worked my way up to be a vice president of communications and change management. And what that really means is that I was in charge of helping win people over to new ideas, to uh, just new changes the bank was bringing in. And it was a company of 50,000 people. And so when a big kind of communication came down, just getting everyone on board in the company. And so what was cool about living in Europe is you get six to eight weeks vacation, which sadly is not the case in uh, the US. Hopefully one day it will be. But I got to spend a lot of my time in the developing world. And I kind of found my flow with using this skill set I had honed in corporate of winning people over and translating that skill set to help nonprofits and social enterprises win people over to their fundraising efforts, win people over to buying their products, and just getting them on the map what they, the incredible work they were doing in these vulnerable communities on the map for people to know about and join their story. So around my 30th birthday, shortly before my 30th birthday, I was browsing Pinterest, you know, as one does at 2am. And uh, my husband and I were really obsessed with the tiny house shows at the time. And I had moved back to Raleigh at this point and gotten married skipped way ahead. But yeah, so I'm (laughs) in bed at 2am looking on Pinterest and I see what looked like a food truck but you kind of walked in the back and you shopped in it and it was called a fashion truck. And I never heard of this concept before. And I woke up the next morning and told my husband and I said, shoot, I wish I thought of this first. And his famous last words were, well, Emily, there's not one here in Raleigh. And that committed him to this life we now lead <laughs> because uh, I'm like, you said this. Um, so uh, a couple weeks later at my 30th birthday, um, my husband was, he's an amazing chef. He was making a five course dinner for myself and 11 of my best friends. And I sat and told them, I'm a big believer in if you want to do something to say it out loud to people that'll hold you accountable. And I said, Hey guys, have you heard of a fashion truck? I explained to them what it was. And I said, Chris and I are going to buy an uh, old uniform delivery truck. He's going to build it out like a little boutique. And I'm going to buy for my friends that I've made abroad. And I explained, you know, I'm going to buy clothes from um, groups that work with women who have been rescued from sex trafficking. I'm going to buy jewelry from first generation college students. And it's going to be this little cool boutique on wheels. And I would tell you that all my friends thought I was crazy and didn't believe me, but they already know I'm crazy. And they know if I say something, my pride level is too high not to follow through. So they all championed me. And in October of 2015, we launched the first phase of the Flourish Market, which was a fashion truck here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, Kat, it was just an amazing season of our lives where for a year, we literally hit the road. We pounded the road. We did private parties at women's homes. We did public events. And we just got the word out there about being able to use your purchasing power for good. And it was you know, a couple of months in that we quickly realized, wow, the women in our community want to join a bigger story than themselves. And, um, we need a brick and mortar. We need somewhere where they can go and shop any day of the week, not try to like find us around town. 
And so we have been a brick and mortar store. We opened on Black Friday on 2016, which was a horrible idea. I mean, who opens on Black Friday? It was so funny. We had no deals or anything. I was just like, we're open. And um, (laughs) come and get it. it. And it was just an incredible day. And that taught me so much that women aren't necessarily looking for deals. They're looking for purpose. And um, we... Uh, for the past year and a half, it's just been the craziest story of our, our business growing. But you know what's interesting is as I peel back the layers of the onion, as we're two and a half years into business, at first I thought I founded the, our business on elevating the worth of women in the developing world and being pro-artisan. And while I'm so pro-artisan, I actually found that the women that we're partnering with in the developing world have taught me so much that my biggest calling in life is interceding in the life of first world women with truth bombs about themselves. We have, we are so clouded with social media and all these things that aren't present in the third world that I've found that women I've met there have just been, they've known their value and they've owned it. Sometimes that's life or death for them. Mm -hmm. They've been through horrific things, horrific acts of injustice, and they know they know without a shadow of a doubt and they hold on to the truth of who they really are and what they're, meant to do on this earth. And it's beautiful. And, um, so yeah, I feel like it's my life's mission to elevate the worth of women in my community and here in the States. Wow. Sorry, I get fired up. I think I'm already sweating. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I have like whole body shivers just hearing you say that. And what is so interesting that what you just said, Emily is like the idea that women in third world countries who may materialistically not have the things that we have in first worlds or, really just the privileges that we have. Um, it may look like we we have it all together, but why do you think there's such a disconnect? Like, why do you think the women in your community, and I can definitely resonate with it. It's one of my biggest passions is sharing mm-hmm. with women their beauty, identity, and value and their worth from the inside out. Why do you think there's such a disconnect? Like, why is there a culture of women in your community and my community that don't know their worth? Gosh, I could probably list a million things, but what I see as a common denominator is that we've gotten uh, really comfortable with making excuses. So one thing I tell my team, we've got a team of nine um, amazing women that work for us at the Flourish Market. I tell them when things don't go our way, there's two types of reactions we can have. One is to make an excuse and the second way would be to focus on a solution. And Kat, let me tell you how often things don't go our way. <laughs> that's pretty much daily. And I'm sure for everyone listening to this, that's your story too. But you know, the women that make our jeans in Mexico, the women that make our pretty rose gold studs in Nashville, our gorgeous leather bags in Ethiopia, the paper bead necklaces we carry in Uganda, beautiful clothing out in Nepal, you know, when I'm tempted to throw myself a pity party or feel insecure and sulk at whatever life has thrown my way that day or in that season, I remember that the women behind our products usually don't have that luxury. They find solutions. Sometimes I get too comfortable with making excuses. And I think just a lot of women in the first world do. And so one of the challenges I always try to give people when they're chatting with me about why they haven't launched that business or, you know, why they, um, just feel X, Y, and Z, you know, you name it insecure, too insecure to do whatever. I, I try to listen for the excuses they're saying and present them back to them and come up together with what a solution sounds like instead. Yeah, man, it's, it's almost like 
with the luxury of, of the lifestyle that we have, we like, there's a luxury of an excuse Mm -hmm. And when you need to put food on the table today, when you need to take care of your family and have a place for them to sleep tonight, you don't have the luxury of hiding behind, well, like, what if I fail or what if I'm rejected? Right. Um, Right. Wow. I'm so, I'm like, I need to like sit with that. What do you feel like are some of the biggest excuses that you've had in your life? Oh my good gracious. I could list a million Oh, okay. So I am, if there's any folks that are obsessed with the Enneagram, mm. I am a three, which is the achiever. Me too. Oh, really? Oh, I, that makes so much sense. So <laughs> we are so in this together. I love it. Um, so so we are so three. One of the things, some of the things about a three are though the downside can be that we care about too much about what people think and our pride levels. We're so scared of failing and those are regular, regular things that visit me in my life <laughs> that I wish didn't. And so I am constantly, constantly having to, you know, it reminds me of flashing back to middle school when I would, you know, feel insecure for X, Y, or Z reason, which I could name a million reasons. I'm sure everyone could in middle school why they felt insecure. And then it just becomes this bigger story and bigger story and bigger story in your brain. And I have to stop myself so many times. Like I have a few things in front of me, big things, big things that we're launching at the flourish market this year. And I get anxiety a little bit sneaking up on me, just thinking about that. And, you know, I think, who am I to do this? Who am I? Do I, do I actually, am I smart enough to do this? Well, uh, do we have the perfect people on our team. Well, we have the resilience and I let fear get in the way of my faith so many times. And I can look back on my life and see where even in times when I have gone scared, my faith has paid off. It always has. And I don't know why it's a daily struggle still. And I have to flip that switch cat. So, I mean, even before we recorded this podcast, some of the things that we were chatting about that you'd wanted me to cover, I'm thinking, gosh, am I the best? Am I the best person to share feedback on that topic? You know what? I'm the girl for the job right now, (laughs) you know? And so that anytime I feel like I'm telling myself a lie about an insecurity I have, I just flip that script and I say, okay, what is the truth associated with this lie? Yeah. Always. Yeah. And it gets me out of that kind of out of control spiral that goes on in my head every single time. And I actually, I have written down um, truths about myself. Yes. on my phone and I have it tangibly written on my desk and I glance at that in my moments of insecurity and it really helps a lot. Yeah. And that's so good. And I think you like touched on it as far as, you know, like, and this is what I say to myself is fear has as much power over me as I choose to give it. And yes, and exactly. even, let's just play out. Let's like play out the script. What if I'm rejected? What if mm-hmm. I fail? Like what mm-hmm. if, every, like, what if the worst case scenario happens? Mm -hmm. Like, what is that worst case scenario? Whether it's like, well, like I'm wanting to be in a relationship with the guy and I'm so scared of rejection. Like what's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing is that the relationship doesn't work out and I'm heartbroken and that sucks. Or you do this fashion truck. What's the worst thing that can happen? Like the truck breaks down, you end up in debt. (laughs) Like, yeah, stuff gets stolen. I don't know, whatever that is. The thing is that even if the worst case scenario happens, it's survivable. It's going to be okay because you're enough, you're worthy, you're loved, you are seen. 
And I feel like that goes so much back to like your message of mm-hmm. elevating the worth of women. Mm-hmm. And one of my old pastors used to say, you want to know someone's greatest source of insecurity, see what their greatest message is. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm curious to know, like this heart to elevate the worth of women, has that been a struggle for you yourself to believe? And how has that looked? Absolutely always. And so it's funny because um, I had this unique position of, you know, having an Instagram account and email that we have a good amount of followers, but then I also get to see our followers in our store and they get to interact almost in real time with my posts. So I might post something on a Thursday night and I'm in my store on Fridays and Saturdays and women will come in and they'll engage with me about that. And they're like, thank you so much. And I get the opportunity to tell them and say, girlfriend, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm rereading those posts just like you are. And so my heart for what I do, it stems back to middle school. And I know I mentioned it earlier, but I, I remember this, this specific scenario where I, and this is going to be so funny based on what I do now, but um, I thought there, there was literally a cool kids table in the lunchroom at my middle school. And all of the girls that sat there, <laughs> get ready to laugh. They were Gap khaki cuffed shorts, (laughs) hashtag nineties, but that is what they wore. And (laughs) I remember coming home from school and I was at my granny's house and telling her that I needed a pair of these gap khaki cuffed shorts. And I didn't grow up poor, but I also, we didn't have as much money as the girls that sat at the cool table. And so basically what it came down to is my granny was not going to get me a pair of these gap khaki cuff shorts. And she looked me in the eye and I'll never remember it. And she said, Emily Gray, everyone poops just the same as you and me. And she didn't say poops though. She cussed. So I don't know if I was more shocked that my granny cussed in front of me or was talking about other people pooping, but I've really never forgotten this piece of sage advice. You know, I clung to that in my corporate days when giving a presentation for senior management in Switzerland, while one of the managers sat with his arms crossed, shaking his head the entire time because word on the street was he hated all women. You know, I repeated this to myself as I've needed to address a group of snobby women who walked into our store and were super unkind to our sweet servant-hearted staff. And um, I rattle this phrase for my granny around in my brain before I step onto any stage to speak to a large audience. Because here's the thing that I found is that our loudest critic, it's not another person. It's us. It's us. My loudest critic is me. Um, and so when I started the flourish market, I knew that the heart behind what we did was never going to be a business that inferred that you needed X, Y, or Z trend to earn your seat. Because here's the thing, you know, it's never ever the khaki shorts that are going to make you worth, feel worthy of sitting at the table. It's knowing that your worth is not dependent on what any critic says about you, not even your own inner one. So, you know, really my hope is that when people shop with meaning with us and they wear their pieces from our shop, they feel the dignity and worth that they're sending to the women on the other end of the purchase. And, you know, their worth, like I said earlier, has been knocked down by society. And I always tell our customers in honor of them, let's not let our own inner critic win today. And that's really the heart of what I do. And, you know, those middle school moments, they sneak up on me weekly, probably even daily. And so while I am all about elevating the worth of women, it's a journey that I feel like we're all on together. Mm -hmm. And that as I encourage the women who follow along with us and shop with us, it is also these daily mantras I'm repeating to myself as well. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. I mean, I'm. can you just like talk for five hours at me? <laughs> friends, we want to invite you to be a part of the Refined Collective Podcast tribe. Patreon is an incredible platform that allows artists and creatives to raise funds that empower them to do their craft with excellence by giving you, our audience, the opportunity to sign up for monthly pledges. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. Our Patreon tribe has first access to our latest episodes, as well as information and insight concerning all things Refined Collective podcast related. Please check out our page and join us in empowering us to continue to create meaningful episodes, interviews, and content for y'all. You can find our page at www.patreon.com forward slash the Refined Collective. Emily, I am just resonating with everything you're saying. I have that middle school girl too. That's still sometimes like, <laughs> am I loved? Am I worthy? Like, I love, I love what you're saying about like sitting at the table. And mm-hmm. even though you run a store where you have beautiful things, you're inviting people into like fashion and that story. You're still saying like underneath that, that's not who I am. But those things are fun right. and great. So I, I just think. I always go back to like the Simon Sinek, like why you do what you do. Start with why. Absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Where where I kind of want to shift over is to talk a little bit about your marriage and your husband. It sounds like he's been like a massive supporter of what you've done (laughs) and you guys together. So I want to hear a little bit about like, what does your marriage look like? Is it, I mean, I feel like it's so easy to talk about how marriage is hard or gloss over the hard things sometimes, but you you did an interesting um, Instagram post recently. I think you did the one I'm talking about and I, I kind of want to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I mean, obviously our marriage is perfect. Everything's <laughs> so easy. Of course. <laughs> so easy just so easy too. <laughs> so easy. Hair flip. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. So I think what I will start by saying is that when my husband and I met like six or seven years ago, everyone was like really confused because when they say opposites attract, we could not be more opposite. So when I walk into a room, I want to talk to everyone there, hear funny stories, tell funny stories. And my husband struggles with social anxiety and loves small groups of people, meaning like three, four people tops. And I mean, he also, he does computer work. He's an engineer. He's very black and white. And I live in the gray area. My middle name's gray. I think God knew that. <laughs> I needed that middle name because I there's nothing black and white to me. So, um, we are just, yeah, we're just hilariously, um, I think awesome together. And, uh, but as our friends on either side, um, got to know us as a couple more, they were like, this makes so much sense because we desperately needed each other. Um, I can be the wildest woman when things rile me up and I will just lose my shiitake. And I mean, to tell you one hug from my husband, Chris completely disarms me. And I will be like yelling and just not at him, just about a situation and he'll hug me and I'll just bust into tears. And it just feels so good to feel seen and known. Um, But things weren't always that way. Um, So for me, one of my greatest skill sets is communication. And uh, you take all these things when you work for corporate, all these tests and stuff. And that was always my biggest thing. And um, communication is extra special in marriage. 
it doesn't translate from the corporate world. It doesn't translate from business communication. Yes, yeah, some things are shared the same, but I blo- was blossoming in business and I couldn't figure out when communication in our dating relationship and our marriage wasn't blossoming. And um, I think one of the biggest things was that all of these women that I was following on social media um, that were painting the perfect picture of marriage and business and life Kat, they had somehow convinced me that my life and my marriage and my business sucked. Wow. And about a year, it was like actually maybe two years ago, I unfollowed hundreds of people and I gave myself a limit on social media that I could only follow 100 accounts and that they could not set off any personal triggers in me. And literally the day I did that, I can put a mark in our marriage, my business, my life, that everything changed. Um, And... I mean, I mean to tell you, it was, it was amazing. And one thing I, being the Enneagram three, the achiever is I'm always looking ahead to, okay, what's next? What is the gap we need to fill? And so in my marriage, I was thinking, how can we improve? How can we be better? And I was seeing all these examples of quote, better marriages, right? On these highlight reels. And I wasn't even looking at what I, what I had right in front of me. I wasn't even able to be grateful for how far we come and what a beautiful marriage we had and for literally Chris being the foundation and backbone of our business, for him being the person that can disarm me, for him being this just amazing, humble, would do anything for anybody, any of our friends, anybody on the street sort of man. He was sitting there right in front of me and I was, I just thought, oh my gosh. And so it was just really sweet. We um, celebrated five years of marriage this past January. And part of my anniversary slash Valentine's Day gift was um, I was away for market in Vegas and I got back and uh, it was a couple of days after Valentine's Day. And um, I hope I don't cry. Actually, I hope I do cry when I tell this story, but um, <laughs> love on river flow. Um, he was so excited to give me my gift and backing up about a few months earlier, probably five months before he gave me this gift, um, I went through this crazy thing of giving away everything in my house and recycling it, donating it, whatever. And I just was like, okay, clutter, blah, blah, blah. And there was a bolt of fabric we had used in our fashion truck that I tossed in the donate pile. And um, the fabric made up the part of our fashion truck where it separated the boutique back area to where we would be, where Chris would drive and I'd be his co-pilot. And we must have passed through that fabric, the separation of that fabric, you know, thousands of times over that first year because we would have to unload stuff and all of our back stock was kept in the driving area. So we'd pass back and forth at the end of every night. And we had this whole system down and yeah, we'd pass back one more last time at the end of every party and he'd take his seat in the driver's seat and I'd take my seat in the co-pilot seat and we'd drive home and kind of, uh, chat about the evening and life. And it was just really sweet time. And, um, Chris actually pulled that fabric secretly out of the donation bin. He ordered a sewing machine. He taught himself how to sew and he made a clutch for me. That actually was so amazing. It's like a legitimate, amazing clutch. And he really wanted it to serve as a reminder to me instead of always looking to the future of what more we need to accomplish in business and life and in our marriage to really embrace and be grateful for the hard work we've put in in the past. And so I carry it with me everywhere. Even when I need a big purse, it's inside my big purse um, with like this, you know, my business cards and um, 
pins and, you know, all the things you'd need. And it, I love touching it numerous times a day because it's such a good reminder to that achiever in me who needs to look back and embrace gratitude, not only in my marriage, but in life and business, friendships, all of that as well. And so my invite for folks, if you're listening and you're thinking that somehow your marriage sucks or your friends suck or X, Y, or Z sucks is, are there triggers in your Instagram feed that you need to unfollow? Because, you know, all the experts will tell you are the summation of the five people you spend the most time with. And nowadays, I don't know about you, Kat, but a lot of times those people are so on social media. I don't get to see my friends as much as I'd love to see them. And so, um, be careful who you sit with. My friends and I, we just went to New York City, had a grand old time celebrating 15 years of friendship and we went to see Mean Girls on Broadway. Highly recommend it. Absolutely hilarious. And we took a photo in front of um, the little part before you go in and it said, be careful who you sit with. And although that's meant to be funny, obviously in the context of the movie and the now Broadway show, ladies, be careful who you sit with. You know, be careful about who you're following on social media and if they're triggering you, because I would say if you pull all those away, the fact is you probably have a million things to be grateful for. Right, right. Absolutely. And I think, first of all, kudos to your amazing husband. Like, I just want to like <laughs> clap it out. Um, what a beautiful thing to have a physical reminder and something tangible that you can touch and feel mm-hmm. from such a transformative time of your life your relationship, your marriage, and, and what a, and a beautiful reminder also to say like, let's pause and be grateful today for the past. Yes. Let's be hopeful for the future. But what does it look like to say yes to this moment and express gratitude right now? Um, I mean, I can, Emily resonate with you so much. It's, I can so easily, I walk into a room or I look at my career and I just see what I haven't done. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. Like it doesn't matter that I've built a business from the ground up for almost a decade and that I've accomplished X, Y, Z. All I see is that I still haven't done that. So I think it's hard, especially as entrepreneurs and businesswomen to... I think I'm always like, well, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be complacent. But I think there's a little lie in there. Like, Can I still look ahead and say, yes, there's still goals to be achieved and there's always room for growth, but express gratitude and be present in this moment. Um, So I think it's such a beautiful... You have like this physical reminder of that now and... Um, and, and I love that you and your friends did a 15 year trip. That is amazing. Um, and I think something I wanted to chat with you about that we've talked about is, you know, we're, we're having this cultural moment right now with the me too campaign times up and women really women and men really acknowledging like there's, there's been, there's injustice between the genders. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have like, you've also had an interesting take on that on how women treat other women. And you like touched on it a little bit with the mean girl stuff, but I just, I wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, <laughs> can I just say that side note, cause I know you love Justin Timberlake too. My friends and I, we went to the Justin Timberlake concert as part of this weekend too, wearing I Love New York t-shirts, all matching. And um, somehow didn't realize the concert was actually in New Jersey. <laughs> so if that tells you anything about my friends, we're all a little disheveled. Is- um, but about my friends, <laughs> I talk about them a lot on Instagram and through um, email and none of us live in the same location, um, but we're really close 
closely knit, just, we all went to college together and people, I just didn't understand, um, what a gift I had right in front of me. And until people started asking questions and saying, gosh, I think it's so cool that there's no, um, like jealousy there or resentment or, you know, that, that you guys just have, have such a strong bond and it seems all very positive. And, um, I, I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. And I, out of all of us, the seven of us, I would say I'm the worst friend and I am just so hard. It's so hard to get to know me. And these women have really cracked open my heart in, over the past 15 years and show me what, how beautiful it is to be vulnerable. And I just have been so inspired by women. Like you were saying, Kat bravely coming forward to fight for injustices inflicted on them by men. However, something I've really been convicted of recently, um, though, is how we as women actually treat other women and how we talk about each other. Um, and so while I'm really close with my girlfriends, I noticed that, you know, and I can be safe around them and share my vulnerabilities. I mean, we share all, all the dirt with each other. There's, I don't think there's anything hidden with any of us. I noticed that my go-to when I feel insecure in other areas of my life is that when I'm clutching the seat on the struggle bus is that I um, have a temptation to position women below me, not my best friends, but just other women in business, other women in my life. And um, yeah, it is to somehow make myself feel better. And I challenged myself a couple of months ago to go a whole week without saying anything negative about any other woman. And that could be a close friend, an acquaintance, another woman in business, someone I found on Instagram, a famous female celebrity. And I thought it would be so easy, but I ended up being so disappointed in myself. Um, Because while I've had this strong, vulnerable, beautiful relationship with my seven best friends, I found that there was still a huge temptation um, to bring other women down. Um, And here I was standing for, you know, my heart is to have, women feel that they're worthy of influence. And I was just like, Lord, change my heart. How this is disgusting. And I I just hated that. It was such a hard challenge. And I think that, you know, if anyone out there listening, if you want to take the challenge too, I'd guess to say it would be hard for you too. I didn't realize how quick we are to diss celebrities in just simple ways, but you just, it, it, it is like a dirty place in your heart. And so I love Casey Musgraves. So she is, a songwriter for a lot of famous people, but um, over the past years has really blossomed as an artist in her own right. And she has a song called, I think it's called Step Down. And her song lyrics are, sticks and stones can build a throne, but you'll be up there all alone. Sticks and stones can build a throne, but you'll be up there all alone. And guys, it's lonely up there. I've been up there, you know? And one of the beautiful things is... um, For example, when I was in Rwanda a few years ago and I saw a woman down with um, a sickness and I looked around and um, I saw the translator was showing me, okay, well, this is her friend who's tilling her land and then this friend's taking care of her kids and this friend's cooking for her. It was this beautiful village and all these women were in a co-op together, meaning they all make the same products, but they like pool their funds. And so it was beautiful because when I asked them what is the biggest change in their life since they became a part of this co-op, I expected them to say, you know, that they could feed their kids, that they could put their kids through school. And they did say all those things, but the women just got these tears in their eyes. And as they started saying, the best thing was that they have community now and they don't view each other as competition and that they all walk together to the co-op each month to deliver their goods and how they split 
they, they split, you know, whatever is made, no matter who's sold more. And, um, that is such a beautiful depiction I've wanted to carry back, especially into the business world here where there's this whole push for community over competition. And, um, sometimes it's hard for me to understand how that works, but that the way I phrase it is I don't want to continue walking through the co-op by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that is what I'm doing when I am thinking or saying anything negative about another woman in business or another woman in my life. And, um, I think it's a struggle for everyone. Comparison is such the thief of joy, but I also think it's the thief of everything. And so I'm just finding myself in these daily rhythms now of trying to catch myself anytime I think one of those thoughts. And I'm like, no, I'm, I want to walk. I don't want to be alone walking yes. to the co-op. Yes. Ever. And I mean, first of all, I'm again, I feel like what you just shared about uh, the women in Rwanda just reminds me again of mm-hmm. what it means to be a woman who knows her worth. When I know my worth and my value, then I'm not threatened if the flourish market succeeds because I'm like, a win for you is a win for me. And I think that goes back so much to just what we're initially talking about of worth. Like if I don't know my Mm -hmm. worth and if, if, if I believe that my worth is dependent on what society, culture, follower, Instagram followers tell me, then yeah, that is a very stressful position to be in. But the freedom that there is in saying like, I know that I matter from the inside out. So if you succeed, that is a good thing. And if you fall flat on your face or you blew it, then let me come down there with you and let's, let's pick each other up. Absolutely. Well, girl, I feel like I just want to talk with you all day long, every day. Um, (laughs) but we're going to, um, we're going to wrap up this episode with the questions that I ask each of my guests. So what are three things that you are just loving right now? Okay. The first would be fake succulents, because here's the thing. I fell for that lie that all these beautiful succulents I saw and Instagram and in other people's homes, they're like, oh, you don't even have to water them. That is a lie. All of my succulents died. You know, I gave it three rounds, three sets of succulents, and I felt bad about my life. And so now fake succulents you see everywhere in all the stores, and I'm all about them because you know what? Mine are thriving <laughs> and they make me feel good about myself. Wait, so where do you so, even get a fake succulent? Oh my gosh. So, uh, well, I love shopping locally. So we have this cute little, um, it's actually a plant shop, which I felt hilarious going in and getting fake succulents at a plant shop, but I will not be shamed. I know my worth cat. Um, but I mean, I've seen them everywhere. Like target, they just launched a new collection and like half of the collection is fake succulents and fake plants in orange pots. And, um, yeah, they're, I feel like they're just a huge trend right now. You can get everywhere. So I think people are tired of feeling bad about themselves when their real succulents die because don't have to water them. That's, that is untrue. That is a lie. So that's my first one. Okay. <laughs> the second thing I'm loving right now is the globally inspired textile trend. So I this trend kind of came in a little bit last year, but it's really flourishing this year. And I love this for several reasons. One, color, color everywhere. Love it. But the biggest reason I love this trend is it's allowing artisans all over the world to be able to do their trade that generations and generations and generations of people in their family have done. And their work is being put on uh, the forefront of fashion, which I just love. And that's so rewarding for them. And I think tied in with that fair trade is becoming a term people are examining and looking into. So 
loving that trend color. Oh my gosh. We have some amazing bags coming in from our group in India, um, for late spring, summer. And I just, I'm, would it be weird if I were like four bags walking on the street? Probably, but I'm so excited about them. <laughs> um, and then the third thing I'm loving is, and this was recorded a while back, but I find myself sending it to so many women entrepreneurs to encourage them. And that is Sarah Blakely's uh, interview on the podcast, how I built this. She is the founder of Spanx. I hope I'm not misquoting here, but I'm pretty sure she's uh, with Oprah, the second self-made billionaire. Um, wow. <clears throat> yeah, she's, I mean, she's, yeah, she's very successful. Um, but not just that I uh, started following her on Instagram like a year ago. Her Insta stories are absolutely hilarious. If you are a business owner or even a mom, just a person that wants to feel normal about things going crazy in your life, she truly shows the behind the scenes of her life and has inspired me to do the same on our Insta story account for the Flourish Market. And she just has me rolling every day. She's the real deal. I love that. We're, and I'm going to need to A, listen to that episode. I follow her on Instagram, but I don't watch her stories. Oh, so she's hilarious. And then we'll need to send out a link to this podcast um, when your episode goes live. Do it. Um, now, Emily, what do you wish that you could tell your younger self? Oh my goodness. And this is something I still struggle with today. Stop stewing. <laughs> so I don't Ooh. know if anyone else out there just stirs their own pot, but you get this. I, and I especially struggle with this growing up. Um, but I would, someone would maybe say something I would perceive as negative. Um, and for example, like in high school and I mean, within 10 minutes in my head, the whole high school hated me. My whole life was crap. And even today I see that in business, if someone makes a mistake, even I make a mistake, one small mistake, literally within 10 minutes in my brain, my business is failing. My whole world's falling apart. And I'm like, how did this get happen? This escalated so quickly, <laughs> but <laughs> we just stir our own pots and we stir and stir and stir. And I just stop stewing. <clears throat> I actually have a sticky note on my computer that says stop stewing, Emily, because it is such a consistent thing in my life that I have to fight against. So I tell my, my younger self that, but I also still tell myself that today. Yes. It's so crazy how powerful our minds are. Mm -hmm. Like my, what my girlfriends and I say, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say, stop stewing to uh, my little tribe. But um, we say I'm spiraling right now. I'm spiraling. I love that. I am just coming apart at the seams right now. I need you to bring me back, bring me back to earth. Yes. We all Um, do it. We all do it. And we can all champion ourselves and our friends to just stop that spiral or stew. Yep. And then just lastly, as you leave us today, you shared so many words of wisdom and advice. I just want to know what is your vision? What's your vision for yourself, for others and the world around you? Gosh. Okay. My vision is what we actually did when, before we opened our store and, um, the walls went up, they were painted. And before any of the, the rest of the construction started is I invited 20 women from all walks of life, all ages, shape, sizes, colors, crazy stories, easy stories to come and stand in our space at 713 Tucker Street, Raleigh, North Carolina, and write on the walls that would be the dressing room walls, the lies that they tell themselves. My acne makes me ugly. I'll never be successful. I'm too young to make a difference. I'm too old to make a difference. I have to do it like everyone else to do it correctly. I mean, the things these women wrote were insane. 
but I wanted their fears and insecurities to be on the walls that would be the dressing room walls behind the foundation. I wanted them to be the very foundation of what we did in our store and with our mission. And so I remember the day that the guys came in to put the fake brick wall up and they were like just standing there looking like what's happening, what happened here. But what was beautiful is we, um, so we had our brick put up, we had the dressing room walls. So you, you can't see the fears and insecurities, but they're there, right? But we covered them up. And what now adorns our dressing room walls are the truth about our customers, about you as women. And they are stated by the artisans we partner with. So we had Rohina in Nepal who um, was rescued from sex trafficking talk about her voice and how important it is and how in her country being born a girl was not something to be celebrated, but how um, she now knows her worth and is claiming that because who are we to shrink back? Her picture, her quote. We have Gabby, who's a first-generation college student, um, tell her worth on the wall. And so as women are trying on their clothes in our boutique, they're getting to read these inspiring stories because let's face it, the dressing rooms, that, that's like one of the most insecure places, right? In the world. Um, you're taking all your clothes off. You're putting on clothes. A lot of times you don't love the way they look on you. And so I wanted to be able, and I think, you know, my mission in life is to be able to meet women in their most insecure moments and flip that script for them with the beautiful messages that the women artisans we partner with have brought joy into my life with over the years. So that's my mission. And I would really invite people, um, if you're listening to this, to know that life is worth celebrating, especially when we break free of the crazy lies we tell ourselves. And one thing that our artisan partners inspire me to do daily is to ditch my muted joy, my muted joy, and to live life unashamed. And that would be the story that I invite you into today. Wow. Well, Emily, you are invite you're inviting me into that right now. And you you are living your message. <laughs> I just became a Kiwi there for a second. <laughs> living your message, Emily. <laughs> um and you are elevating the worth of women. You are living your message. And so I applaud you for that. I acknowledge you for that. And girl, I just want people to hop into your journey and story. Where can, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we read about you? Sure. Well, if you forget any of what I'm about to say, you can find everything at theflourishmarket.com. Um, we're on Facebook, um, but we really love to party on Instagram. And like I said, Sarah Blakely has really encouraged me to show our hilarious behind the scenes on Instagram. We also do teachings around trends, life advice, goals, setting goals, um, how to achieve them, all the things that I feel like women in life need to hear um, is on Instagram. And so we're just at the Flourish Market. Um, and then if you're willing to take that next date with us, every Friday morning, I drop an email in to our followers' inboxes. We've got quite a huge um, email following. Um, it's just some inspiration and a, a weekly challenge. That's much like what we've chatted about on the podcast today. And I would say that's where I tell people the real, real deal. And we've got, like I mentioned earlier, some crazy things that give me anxiety that we're going to be launching this year. I'm also writing a book, which is crazy. And so I really invite people to journey along with us because there is such joy. There used to be such a burden on me with just me, 
but there's such joy in the power of we, I found. And so we really do on social media and through email and hopefully any touch point with people we come into contact with, invite them to journey with us. Because um, I find we all struggle with the same things, but let's declare it, we are all women who have overcome. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. And mic drop to that. Um, <laughs> Emily, um, I can't wait to see you again in real life. And you are such an encouragement to me. And I'm just excited to see all these amazing things that you create this year. And thank you for encouraging my tribe on the Refined Collective podcast. And we will chat soon, girl. Kat, thanks for having me. And for all of you listening, be encouraged. And thanks for listening. And Kat, just thanks for making this podcast. Holy cow, what joy it's bringing into women's lives. Uh, Thanks, girl. Sending you a virtual hug. (laughs) Okay, bye. I'm Kat Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time. And thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters and you belong here.